Well, hello, listeners at home. This is the Ordinary Church Podcast. You're here with me, Connor, and I'm here with Pastor Mike. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Connor. Good to see you today. It's good to be uh, together. And Mm -hmm. today we want to unpack uh, a question that's really on maybe everybody's mind right now, and that's the question of Christians' engagement in politics. So I'm just going to start to feed some questions towards you. And really, we were just talking to listeners before the podcast, and we were trying to figure out what we were going to talk about. And Mike just and Mike just said, hey, you know what? Just shoot some questions my way about kind of how Christians can engage in these things. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. So, Mike, I'm just going to turn it over to you by starting with the question, how, maybe I should say this, what macro principles should inform my political engagement as a Christian? Well, the first would be, I'm going to take you to Philippians 3. I just told... Connor, look, you shoot. I don't know what questions you're going to ask me. And I'm just going to pivot and trust the Lord to put into my mind that the yep. verses that would yep. be pertinent. Perfect. So the first thought that comes to mind is Philippians 3, verse 20. Okay. But our citizenship is in heaven. So the first thing is you're a citizen of heaven. Okay. Uh, Christian, trusting in the finished work of Christ, get that settled first. Okay. Uh, the constitution is not your driving constitution. The Bible is your driving constitution. Yep. So I think that's the first thing. We're citizens of heaven. And just so you know, when you read this verse, it says, our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. How is that pertinent to a Christian in politics right now? Because of verse 19, mm-hmm. the verse right before mm-hmm. it. I mean, well, you can go 18 too. He says, um, many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears. Mm-hmm. So he's weeping as he's mm-hmm. saying it. Mm-hmm. Walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. The last thing a Christian wants to do is walk as an enemy of the cross of Christ. Yeah. And verse 19 says, their end is destruction, for God is their, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. What that means is their mind is fixed all the time on the things of earth. Where you know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians um, 5, uh, 4, at the end of 4, we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. The things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Yeah. So Christians, you know, you've got to think politics and what have you. You've got to be somewhat informed and you got to know. But you also got to know your citizenship is in heaven and the unseen is your realm. Yeah. Even though you're living in the seen realm. Mm-hmm. And that's really tough to pull off in a, in a godly way. So I think first thing, you're a citizen of heaven. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what makes sense. So then kind of to that point, next question would be, Address the person who then says, so I just don't want to have any engagement in politics. I totally stay out of that. I, you know, kind of put my head in the sand and I just, my citizenship's in heaven. I'm not worrying about things here. How would you address that person and encourage them to maybe think about having some engagement in what's going on in the world right now? Well, I would, I would go to that same verse and I'd say, he says you're citizens of heaven and you're waiting for a savior. Yeah. <laughs> so you are here on earth. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and go to second Corinthians four. Well, you, you know what? You're here and you've got the seen and the unseen. The reason he's bringing all this stuff up, even like first John two, 15 and 16, do not love the world or the things in the world and the lust of the eyes and, and all that stuff and the desires of the flesh. They're not from the father, but from the world. Why does all these things come up? Why is the last verse in first John First uh, John five twenty one say, little children keep yourself from idols. Yeah. It's because we are, as Jesus put in the, in the high priestly prayer in John seventeen, we are in the world but not of it. Mm-hmm. We're not of the mm-hmm. world, right? N O T W. The idea there is that Christian, you are living here. Mm-hmm. You've got to be a good citizen. 
Why would he even say you're a citizen of heaven when he's speaking to people living on earth if they weren't supposed to be the best citizens of their earthly cities, mm-hmm. right? So if we were supposed to put our, our, our minds, you know, heads in the clouds, he would have told us, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of Colossians 3 right now. Let me just turn over to Colossians 3. And yeah. Colossians 3, uh, verse 1, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. Now, here's the deal. You could go, wait, aren't you making the opposite point? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. What he's saying is, you set your mind on the things above, you'll be able to to travel uh, this world and navigate the things of earth with the right perspective. He says, you've died, your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. This is in the same book where he's like, conduct yourselves wisely towards outsiders. Chapter 4, verse 5, making the best use of the time. There you go. Uh, Conduct yourself wisely toward outsiders, those who are not of the faith, making the best use of the time. Let your speech be gracious, seasoned with salt, so you may know how to answer each person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think one of the biggest things we should do in this moment Mm -hmm. is... Don't get so judgmental about everybody's views, Yeah. right? Jesus said, like, stop judging each other wrongly, John 7, 24, mm. but judge with righteous judgment, mm. right? Yeah. Judge uh, correctly. Yeah. So you're not, you're not, um, you are not being accusative with people. You're being inquisitive. Yeah. No, asking good questions. That's a good point. So to that point, how would you, how would you counsel a person who, who really is convinced that their political stances are the objectively right, moral, correct uh, way to look at things mm-hmm. and uh, and take that attitude into every conversation that they have. Does that make sense? Are you are you okay? Are you describing a person that's a little uh, bit abrasive? A little abrasive, or even just in general, maybe maybe would fail to appreciate sometimes okay. the nuance yeah. of some different maybe a little arrogance issues. there. Maybe maybe yeah. a little arrogance. Yeah, how would you encourage that person? Well, I would say you should be reading Romans more. I think all Christians should read Romans more, but I think you should be reading Romans 12, 13, 14, 15, mm-hmm. 16 mm-hmm. more, and especially 14. The idea that um, who are you, verse 4, to pass judgment on the servant of another. It is before his own master that he stands or falls, uh, and he will be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand. Um, don't doubt. You should have strong convictions. Don't push them on everyone else. Yeah. Don't push them in, into the realm uh, that isn't yours. I mean, if you if it's your if you're being asked or if it's your place to be operating with you know giving all your opinions, that's wonderful. But uh, more Christians should stop typing uh, on their keyboards or you know using their fingers on their phone to to post things online that are just pot shots mm-hmm. or that are judgmental mm-hmm. shots and not righteous judgment shots. Um, more Christians need to speak up. <laughs> And more questions need to pipe down. Okay, yeah, yeah. there's some that just need to be quiet, and there's some that need to speak up. And yeah. I guess I would just say, Christian, you need to trust the Lord and walk in wisdom, and trust your friends, trust godly friends. Yeah, is social media an appropriate platform to engage in political discussions? Sure, why not? But not for some people. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, in the hands of the wrong person, it's deadly. Okay. Uh, in the hands of the right person. It can be a very redeeming thing. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, what about this? Obviously, lots of questions or lots of issues within politics have, have different nuances, complicated issues. We could appreciate that believers could go either way on certain things. Are there any issues in your mind right now that the line is 
absolutely clear biblically that as a believer, you must land on a certain side of the coin. Absolutely. And what, and, are, what are those? And I want to be really careful here because some people are going to dismiss what I'm about to say and say, no, it's not that way. Or, you know, you're being bigoted or you're being closed minded or you're just following politics. Absolutely not. I'm following the word of God. Mm-hmm. Okay. My constitution is the word of God. Yep. I'm an American. I love the American constitution. I'm a constitutionalist. <laughs> I want constitutionalist uh, uh, Supreme Court justices. I don't want, uh, you know, loose constructionists. I don't yeah. want, uh, what's what's the word for justice uh judges that come in and they're activist judges where mm. they just have a, an agenda no mm. um we want people to actually follow uh the foundations of this country and as an american you should be concerned about that because mm. it's 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 moving all over the place okay yeah. that said um the sanctity of life is not a political it's become politic politicized the sanctity of life is a Biblical issue, period. Mm-hmm. And so to the Christian that says, I just uh, prioritize my issues um, in a different way than you do. And so let's say the sanctity of life is downstream for me, number seven on the list. Um, I say you are you have blinders on, you've been deceived. Yeah. One of those two. Yeah. You're you're not seeing what the Bible's saying because the yeah. Bible doesn't talk about a lot of the politics. But the Bible does talk about life, and it talks about murder, and it talks about um, compassion, and it talks about justice. And, you know, we have some warped views of all of those things right now. Mm-hmm. And I would just say, you know, to the law and the testimony, get back to the Bible, uh, friends. If you're a Christian, get back to the Bible. Don't expect non-Christians to be following a biblical model, but every Christian should be expected to line up with a biblical model. And if there's a politician that is uh, against life, I'm deeply concerned. And I personally am not going to vote for that person. Mm-hmm. That's my prerogative, and I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. And I because it's a it's a moral issue. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, every politician is a depraved sinner <laughs> who has one degree of immorality or not on the on the on the uh, on the whole spectrum and some hide it better than others and some are just out there and so I'm not going to get into these things about oh that guy's you know he was a boy scout and he's he's better he's a better person wait a minute hold on a minute mm-hmm. uh, there's none good there's none righteous no not one yeah. only god is good yeah. um sure uh, we want you know godly leaders but yeah. we're not always going to have godly leaders yeah let me tee you up with this. Is there hope for America? Hope, in air quotes. <laughs> hope for America Absolutely. In, in one or the other political party? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. Absolutely in Christ. Yes. Um, no, there's no hope for America in the uh, Republican or Democratic parties. Uh, that is not the savior. Um, we're in a two-party. We're in a wonderful party system. It's a lot of fractures right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's just craziness going on everywhere and a lot of ungodliness going on everywhere and a lot of Christians buying in wholesale and buying certain uh, mindsets hook, line, and sinker. And I'm like, did you lose your Bible? Hmm. Did you lose your biblical mornings? Do you have a biblical worldview? Because if you have a biblical worldview, there are certain things that are non-negotiables. But no, the hope for America, the hope for the world is the Lord Jesus Christ. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and steadfast, enters within the veil, goes to the holy place, goes to the presence of God because the shed blood of Christ 
bought entrance into the presence of God for anyone who believes. Mm -hmm. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, Acts 16, 31. Um, your political party is not your savior. Your political party is not going to save America. We don't, we don't need to reclaim America. We don't need to you know, get righteousness back in so that we can mm -hmm. wave the flag more proudly. Mm -hmm. uh, look, I, I put the flag up. I'm a, I'm a proud American. I stand, I stand and I put my hand over my heart yeah. for, the, for the Pledge of Allegiance and for the national anthem and all of that. Mm -hmm. I'm very thankful for this country in which we live. But we live in a very ungodly place, just like everywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. And it is infiltrated by uh, Satan and his demons. It's infiltrated by sin. And the only hope for America is the Lord Jesus Christ. Crucified, risen, reigning now, and coming again. Yep. Amen. Okay, last question. Last question. And I, with this, we'll bring it to a close. Mm -hmm. November's coming up. Obviously, you have a guiding principle for all of life as a believer. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do, do it all to the glory, glory of God. Of God. Mm -hmm. Can you just help me think through, how do I vote to the glory of God? Okay, let me say this, you know, off the top of my head, but I obviously do all to the glory of God. You have a commander-in-chief, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ, right? So you go back to, you go back to um, Romans 14, 5 to, or 14, 4, uh, to his own master, uh, you stand, to your own master, you stand or fall. Mm -hmm. um, the Lord Jesus Christ constrains us. I'm constrained by God. Uh, to want to please him and, and want to honor him. How do I vote to the glory of God? Um, you, in the, in the privacy of your own heart, come up, you come to a decision, you go to the voting booth, you cast your ballots, and you do it with a clear conscience. You don't do it with an angry heart. You don't do it with a hateful heart. You don't do it with a judging heart. You righteously judge the situation as you see it, navigating life with a clear conscience and a biblical worldview. Just remember this. 2 Corinthians 5.14 tells us this. The love of Christ controls us, constrains us, okay? Because we have concluded this. We've come to a conclusion, and it is indisputable. One died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Mm -hmm. So here is the conclusion that we have to come to. And if you want to vote to the glory of God, you'll do this one thing. Okay, you'll do this one thing. As you prepare to go into the voting booth, as you pray towards that day, and as you go in in that moment, here's the one thing you do. You do not do it for your selfish motives. Hmm. You, you're driven and guided by the Bible and the Holy Spirit using the word in your life. And you ask, you, you pray this one prayer. God, what is going to glorify you the most for your kingdom purposes? Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. Thy will be done. Mm -hmm. What is going to glorify you the most for your kingdom purposes? Knowing full well, Christian, here's what you know full well. God is sovereign over all. As Daniel tells us, he puts rulers up and he takes them down. Mm -hmm. The Psalms is full of that kind of language as well. And many other places in scripture. And that he providentially is orchestrating everything that happens. Should you vote then? Absolutely yes. You're a citizen of the United States, you need to vote. Hmm. You need to vote because that is a privilege that has been afforded to you under the government that we live. If we lived in a country where there was a king and uh, they just told us everything, then we wouldn't be doing this. We mm -hmm. wouldn't even have this conversation because we have the kind of party system we have. Do your deal, do your thing, um, say what you will and know that you will be judged by God for it. And you'll answer to God. Live with a clear conscience 
And Lord, what will glorify you the most? What will glorify you the most uh, for your kingdom purposes? Amen. Yeah. Right on. Well, thanks so much. That's really helpful. Listeners, we hope that was helpful to you. This is all coming up. We're wrestling through this, praying through this. And so we do uh, want to do it for the glory of God. Well, mm-hmm. uh, with that, we're calling it. And we will uh, talk to you next week on the Overview Church Podcast.